hear um, a familiar story um, about Noah, who is someone that literally changed the world. Um, and so our scripture this morning comes from, um, it's a little chunk of scripture, so if you need to just sit on this, you can. I'm going to ask you to, to stand, but um, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 to Genesis chapter 7, verse 5, it's not as long as it sounds it is. So, uh, but if you would, stand as you're able for the reading of God's word. You can do it, I promise. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he, had, that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives, with you. You're to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You're to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every clean kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As I've already said, today we're beginning a new series called Real Transformers, and we're going to be looking at different people throughout the scriptures who transformed the world and the world around them by their actions, their lives, and by simply being who they were. 
In this series, we're going to look uh, at least four individuals to attempt to learn from them how we can be transformers. And we're going to see that these people were, were part of some huge transformations throughout history. Noah built an ark, saved the entire human race along with the animal kingdom from annihilation. King Josiah started a revival. Esther became queen and saved the Jewish people. And the Holy Spirit, which you may be surprised to find as a part of this series, is what allows us as Christ followers to be transformers in this world. These four did some big things and took part of some big transformations. Now, what we tend to do is focus on the big things, and we we miss the how and the why of those transformations. We miss how they became transformers and why they were able to transform their world and the lives around them. If we're willing, I think we can learn a lot from these real biblical transformers. Uh, The Book of Discipline of the United Methodist Church says that our mission is this, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. As as United Methodists, but really more importantly as Christians, we're to be transformers. We're to go out and to transform our world by telling others about Jesus, by by living our lives as godly examples, and by going out and making disciples. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Let's let's turn our eyes and our ears to to Noah. The story of Noah is probably one of the most well-known stories in all of human history. Even those who aren't raised in the church or in a Jewish synagogue have, have probably heard some version of Noah and the story of the flood. Now, most of us are know, and we, we focus on the ark, and some of you guys, have, I know, have been to the ark, the, the guy that, that, that built uh, the replica, and, and you've seen that, and we focus on, on the ark and the building of the ark, and we focus on the animals going two by two. Uh, we focus on all that, and um, we, we talk about the 40 days uh, at sea with no land in sight. Um, really, it was uh, closer to a year that Noah spent on the water. It was 40 days of rain, but Spent a long time on that boat. Noah would, would send out ravens and doves to find out that if the waters had receded and if, if, they, um, if they came back, you know, they knew that, um, that there was no, nothing to land on. And eventually uh, the birds never came back and they knew that the land had receded, uh, the water had receded. We like to talk about the rainbow, uh, the sign of God's grace and God's covenant that he makes with all people that, that he'll never flood the whole earth again. But we hear about the story of Noah and, and the flood, and we, we tend to focus on the flood itself and the ark and the animals and the rainbow. And while all that's important, certainly a part of the story, and it's a part of what makes Noah a transformer, the reason for the flood, the calling of Noah, is really what sets him apart as a transformer. Who Noah is and the reason why God chooses him to build the ark is the big thing that sticks out to me about Noah. At the beginning of our passage, we read, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I'll wipe mankind 
whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. According to this passage, humanity had reached an all-time low at an all-time record time. Remember, the earth was created in chapter 1, right? We're only in chapter 6. There's a little over 1,100 chapters in the Bible. You'd think it's a little early to talk about ending the world that he just created. But apparently, humanity had gotten so bad so quickly that God grieved ever making us. Can you imagine God mourning ever making us? Apparently, that's what God did, and rightly so. Scripture says that every inclination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil all the time. Only evil all the time. And before we think, we question God about his desire to flood the whole earth, we got to remember who God is. Our God is a holy God. In him, there is no evil, there is no malice or anything unholy. And for him to look down on his own creation and to see how wicked and evil they had become, it's no wonder why God wanted to get rid of us. I know a lot of us think that our world is pretty bad. And in some cases, some situations, you're probably probably right. But I can't honestly say that the thoughts of every person on this earth is of evil all the time. I refuse to believe that we're there yet. And and in the early evil days of humanity that we find here in chapter 6, there was an exception. There was one exception. His name was Noah. Scripture tells us that while God thought about wiping out every human being and every living thing, there was a but. And it was a big but. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. I want to stop here. I know that there are some of you that think you've got it tough. Maybe at school and classes, maybe at work, maybe in civic organizations. We think we've got it rough because we're surrounded by crass, obnoxious, rude people even fellow employees and colleagues who maybe aren't Christians. And it's easy for for them to bring us down. I'll never forget a youth leader telling me that in high school that it's easier for just someone to pull you um, off a ladder than for you to pull them up the ladder. But when we think that we've got it rough, when we're surrounded by people who have a different lifestyle than we, surrounded by people who don't believe what we believe, surrounded by people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want us to remember Noah. Noah was surrounded by the worst of the worst. God wanted to wipe humans off the face of the earth because they were so wicked and so evil, yet Noah remained righteous in the eyes of God. He was living rightly, in the midst of evildoers. We can't even compare our situations with Noah, and yet Noah remained righteous. And so the question must be asked, how did he do it? How did Noah live a righteous life life being surrounded by such evil? How did Noah catch the eye of God? 
who was hell-bent on destroying what he had created. How did one man save the entire human race? Because that's what makes Noah a real transformer. In talking about the ark and the animals coming two by two and the flood and the rainbow, we forget that if it wasn't for Noah, we would not be here. Am I right? If Noah wasn't such a godly man, the world would cease to be. Yet because he was righteous, because he was a godly man, we are here today talking about him. You see, sometimes it only takes one person to make a stand, to take a stand, to stand up. One person to make a difference. It only takes one person to transform the entire world. Noah is proof of that. So if you get nothing out of anything else that I say today, get this. You can make a difference. You can make a difference at work. You can make a difference at school. You can make a difference at home. Every area of your life, you can make a difference by living a godly life. You can transform lives by living your life. But how? The the question is still how. How? Well, we start by looking at at, at how Noah did it. Well, how did Noah do it? We we read uh, two things from two phrases in, in our passage. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. It wasn't simply that Noah was a righteous man, blameless among all the other people. It was the fact that Noah walked with God. Now, he wasn't really walking with God. I want you all to understand. I mean, they weren't, you know, holding hands going down the street. He was spending time with God on a daily basis. In fact, Noah was righteous in the eyes of God because he was walking with God. Noah knew God and God knew Noah because they walked through life together. Noah spent time with God. God spent time with Noah. Noah lived his life with God. I cannot tell you how important this is. While all of humanity over here was doing their own thing, thinking their own thing, thinking their evil thoughts, doing evil things, Noah was over here walking, talking, and spending time with God. This is the reason humanity was spared from total annihilation. One man spent time with God on a daily basis. One man, one woman, spending time with God on a daily basis. And because of this fact, Noah transformed the world. And I think because Noah walked with God, this helps to explain the other big point that stands out to me about this story. After Noah is chosen by God to save humanity, after God tells Noah about the flood, after Noah's chosen to build the ark and collect the animals, and, and God gives these specific instructions for how to build the ark and tells them to get all these clean animals and these unclean animals and all this and all that. This is what Scripture tells us about Noah. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And again, after God gave him further instructions, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. I believe Noah was walking with God. He was able... Because he was walking with God, he was able and willing to obey God. 
even after being told the enormity of what was about to happen, even after realizing the massiveness of this ark. This wasn't a canoe. This is, this is a big boat. A ship, I think that's the proper term. After the great undertaking of collecting all these animals, Noah obeyed God. He did everything just as God commanded him. Several years ago, there was a movie called, came out called Evan Almighty. Uh, maybe, maybe you've seen that movie. Uh, it's kind of a spinoff off of Bruce Almighty. Um, it's a comedy about a modern-day Noah and God who is played by Morgan Freeman, which he makes a great God, by the way. Mo- movie God, I mean. <laughs> so after God, played by Morgan Freeman, tells Evan, the main character, to build an ark, in his backyard, of course, you know, his family thinks he's going crazy. Also, being that he was a U.S. senator, his co-workers and colleagues think he's crazy. One of the funnier scenes in the movie is when you see Evan walking down the road, and then suddenly he's just walking in the background, you see two, two by two animals just coming, following him. <laughs> Follow. I wonder if that's how Noah, Noah probably didn't have to do any work, they just started coming to Noah, just, hey, God told us to come. Ultimately, Evan does build the ark, and he saves the town from a flood. But what the movie does for me is highlight what it must have been like for Noah. As the people around him, what it must have been like, the people around him as he's building this ark, it must have seemed ridiculous to them. There had been no rain. There had never been any rain. Especially to people who weren't walking with God, who were in fact walking against God. This must have been absurd. You're saying God told you to build an ark. What God? Who God? What? Yet despite what others may or may not have thought about Noah or said to Noah, Noah obeyed God. I can't stress this point point enough. Despite what others thought of him, despite the enormity of the task before him, Noah still obeyed. You know, there's going to be times in your life when you are called by God. Whether whether it's an audible voice from God and people think you're crazy or you're reading scripture and something, you know, God just reveals his truth to you or you're praying in the quietness of your prayer closet and God speaks to you and you you hear him and he's going to tell you something to do. You're going to be called. And you're going to be called to go against the flow. God's going to ask you to make a stand for him, to obey him, even when others aren't, even even when it would cost you. God may make us, ask us to make a stand at work. You might be the only one at your work who has a relationship with Jesus, and by obeying God, you might transform the lives around you. You might be called to make a stand at school, and you might have friends who don't know Jesus, and And by obeying God, when others aren't, you may lead one of your friends to a saving relationship with Jesus. You might be called to make a stand in our community and go against the popular view and thereby transform our city, our community. I believe that we are called to to be transformers wherever we are. And if we want to be transformers, real difference makers, we've got, to go, we've got to be willing to go against the flow, to obey God even when the world around us thinks we're nuts. 
we got to be willing to be embarrassed. we got to be willing to, to let people talk about us. Noah, when all said and done, did it just the way God told him to. Despite the consequences, despite what anybody else was saying. And I know this sounds tough, but here's the other thing. The big point that I want, I want you to take home with is this. If we're walking with God, we're going to obey God. And if we're obeying God, we're going to be walking with God. I want to say it again. If we're walking with God, we're going to, be, we're going to obey God. And if we're obeying God, we're going to be walking with God. The two go together. If we walk with God, we're going to obey God. And if we obey God, we are going to transform lives. You see, because Noah was walking with God on a daily basis, he knew God as much as anyone else could know God. Because Noah was walking with God, he was in God's will. So when God told Noah about the flood and the ark and the animals and what Noah had to do, it didn't seem strange to Noah. All right, God, cool. I got this. It seemed strange to everyone else, but it didn't seem strange to Noah because everyone else wasn't walking with God. Noah was walking with God. I want you to think of, of walking with God as that first step in following Jesus. We follow, and in following Jesus, we begin to see him more. We learn from him. We learn his teachings. We learn more about him and who he was, who he is. We read scripture. We talk with him. We get to know him. And the more and the more and the more and the more we follow and we walk with him, the more we're going to believe and the more we're going to have faith in him. And when we follow and we walk with him and we put our faith in him, obeying God is going to seem natural to us no matter how crazy the task seems before us. Being a real transformer like Noah and the others that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is simply about walking with God and obeying God. Walking with God and obeying God. Walking with God and obeying God. It doesn't get any simpler than that. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am telling you it's simple. Noah stood out because of this. Noah was a transformer because of this. I want to ask you a question. Are you standing out? Are you standing out? Are you making a difference in your world? Are you walking with God, and if so, are you obeying God? God wants to transform lives through your life. He wants to do that so bad, but you got to be walking with Him and you got to be obeying Him. Start today, start walking with Him, start talking with Him, and start obeying Him, and just Wait and see how your world is transformed by your life. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the example of Noah, a story many of us have heard over and over again, but oftentimes we probably take it for granted. We are thankful that he stood out so much that God saw him and saw that he was righteous and blameless, but he saw him because he was walking with you and he obeyed you. Help us to do the same. Help us, Father, if we're in a slump or we're just out of the habit, help us to 
to start walking with you and talking with you today. And then when the time comes, help us to obey you. We ask all these things in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.